It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can follow all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. This Thursday edition of Locked On Packers is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookie.ag. We had to push the Greg Jennings interview one day. Uh, There was a a scheduling situation, so that will be on tomorrow's show. Today we have Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic Chicago for our makeshift opponent Wednesday, even though it's Thursday. So we're going to get into Mitch Trubisky. We're going to get into... The Bears' defense and and a little bit of a of a macro look at the Chicago Bears. What's next for them? This is a team who is likely not going to compete for an NFC playoff spot this year, barring a pretty miraculous turnaround. And so, there are some things that could happen between uh, now and and this time next year in terms of who's going to be in charge there. Who's going to be the head coach? Who's going to be the offensive coordinator? Who's going to be the defensive coordinator? So um, we, we have a really good conversation uh, around that. I want to remind you that there's a lot of, of great content going up at, at FanRag NFL and at Acme Packing Company, where I write. I've been writing extensively on Brett Hundley in particular and 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 how I think the Packers can bring him along. I, I've... I said yesterday, I think that it's too early to give up on him, and and Mike McCarthy is a big reason why, and I still believe that, and I'm not ready after two and a half games to give up on him. I've also written about the defense. If Mitch Trubisky torches Green Bay, I think it's just time to be done with Dom Capers, and I don't mean like wait until the end of the season is done. I mean like, Dom, call your family. You're going to be home for Thanksgiving kind of situation. I have a lot of respect for him as a as a coach over the course of his career. By all accounts, he's a good guy. He's got a lot of respect within the organization. He has given a lot to the game of football, and I respect that. And it's not about him personally. As I've said over and over in print and on, on the podcast, I, I feel a little bit icky about saying someone should, should lose their job, but that's kind of my role here both in print and, and on the podcast, is to is to say what I feel about what I'm seeing. The big news of the day, and some pretty startling news, early on Wednesday evening, Martellus Bennett was released by the Green Bay Packers. And he was released for failing to disclose an injury. We don't know what the situation is with the injury. We don't know what it was. We just know it's a shoulder. 
We don't know when the, when it started, when the issue started. If he was playing hurt all season, that certainly would would explain the drops and some of the issues that he's had. We don't know the circumstances. Green Bay obviously feels like they were misled somehow. That is why you use an injury designation like this. They obviously feel like they signed a player that turned out to not be as healthy as he claimed he was. That is what this designation says. That's not speculation. That is that is what this designation says. That, that Martellus Bennett had an injury he did not disclose to the team, and it's caused him to miss time, and to the point where he's not going to be able to play. So none of that suggests that this injury is not as significant as it seems. Although the narrative from, from beat reporters and people who have been around the team is they were dubious of this injury and its, and its severity. And that maybe this was a way to avoid taking the blows on his body the rest of the way for a team that wasn't a Super Bowl contender. We don't know. And I don't think it's fair to speculate. It's not fair to Martellus Bennett. And it's not fair to the team because we just don't have enough information at this point. Now, moving on, Ahmad Brooks returned to practice on Wednesday off the back injury. That's not a guarantee he'll play. Back injuries are notoriously fickle. So they could be fine one day and you can't walk tomorrow. But they need him. Green Bay is 20th in adjusted sack rate, and it seems like worse. They couldn't get any push on Matthew Stafford, anything on Drew Brees. I mean, the last month, the pass rush has been a joke after looking so good against Russell Wilson and an offensive line that turns out just isn't very good. On the other side, Chicago is 23rd offensively, offensively in adjusted sack rate. So they're giving up a lot of sacks. But it's about the same number. So this is weakness versus weakness in this game. We're going to get more into the scouting report later in the week. And, and I don't want to waste a lot of time because, because Kevin and I have a good discussion about, about this game. So I want to get to that. I want to remind you first about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. All you need to do to enter is, is put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of the podcast on iTunes. And you'll be entered into our contest to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription, which gets you access to player grades, snap counts, position ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, charts, NFL draft data. It's all there for you, and all you need to do is review the podcast, put your name and your Twitter handle in the review. The other thing I want to tell you about is mybookie.ag. Packers are almost a touchdown dog in this game plus six, plus five and a half, depending on where you look. And if you want to bet on it, you should be betting at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN for up to 100% deposit bonus. They have live in-game betting, a great mobile site, and you can get your bets right from the couch. It's no different than betting in a Las Vegas casino, but you can do it right from your smartphone. There's so many shady sites out there. Don't get duped. Mybookie.ag is legit, and they do cash bonuses. And they have the fastest payout. Seriously, just two business days. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for that bonus. 
The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one-two punch to keep your one-two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, but I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get to Kevin Fishbane. He writes for The Athletic Chicago. I said this when we had Chris Burke on. I think it's really important that if if the content is good, that you should pay for it. And so that means if you're if you're a Chicago sports fan, you should be subscribing to The Athletic. If you're a if you're a, a Bulls, a Bears, a Blackhawks fan, Subscribe to The Athletic Chicago. You can follow Kevin at kfishbane and theathletic.com slash Chicago for all his content. Kevin, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So this is a, a different sort of look from what we saw a couple weeks ago, not the least of which because the quarterbacks are different. Uh, w- when you when you look at this game between Green Bay and Chicago, there's the quarterback situation is obviously the, the thing that you have to start with. Can you just just handicap what you've seen from from Mitch Trubisky over the last four weeks and and sort of where you see this offense with him at the helm? Yeah, well, it's been an interesting and uh, unique four weeks for Mitch Trubisky just because of the way the Bears have played, especially the two wins against Carolina and Baltimore, which is don't throw the ball, <laughs> essentially, has been the strategy. Because those were games where the defense took the ball away. They were scoring points. The Bears knew 
that they kind of could dominate the opposing offense, and they did not want Mitch Trubisky to turn it over. So they took the ball out of his hand a little bit and just said, hand it off, and if he, if something goes wrong, throw it away. So in four games, he's only attempted 80 passes, um, and, and not necessarily a ton of passes in very high leverage situations because he threw a pick late against Minnesota, he threw a pick late against New Orleans, uh, and he made the big play to Kendall Wright in Baltimore that led to the game-winning field goal. So we, we still are, are learning a lot about Mitch Trubisky. I think people inside Hallis Hall um, are, are very confident in him, and, and they're not worried at all about how little he's been throwing. It's just been a, just a consequence of the game. Um, and it's very possible that this game against Green Bay, in a, a game in which the Bears should have a pretty – good advantage against Green Bay's defense, it's going to be somewhat similar in terms of just not having him throw the ball very much. Yeah, it's interesting because they won two games, and you mentioned this, 23 total attempts in two wins over Carolina and Baltimore, and the Packers have sort of the opposite issue, and that is their defense isn't good enough to put them in a position where Brett Hundley can just not lose the game. Brett Hundley has to go try and win them the game, which is obviously the Aaron Rodgers model, right? And so this Bears defense, I mean, I can't say enough about how impressed I am with them. They're they're a top 10 unit by DVOA. And they were, you know, as recently as 2015, a bottom five unit. And that, that, uh, that turnaround has been pretty stark. Yeah, it has. And I think it's important to note whenever you talk about the Bears defense, they have three starters that have been on IR. So you've had Kyle Fuller's been an absolute revelation at corner. Adrian Amos went from being benched to being a playmaker at safety. They did not see from him his first two seasons in the league. Christian Jones has stepped in inside linebacker and and, and been pretty stout against the run. Um, And then the guys up front, obviously the stars, your Keem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, and Leonard Floyd, uh, the three best players in the defense are all playing at an extremely high level. So all those things are really coming together. And, but most importantly, Peter, they're, they're taking the ball away. And that they were, I think that they they tied an NFL record for the fewest takeaways ever last season. They had, which was the franchise low, obviously, which was a little bit lower than 2015 when they originally set the franchise low. So they're, they're coming together. They're figuring it out. Their de- run defense is really good. Their coverage has been solid. As I mentioned, they're taking the ball away. And they're, they're play- they've played some pretty good quarterbacks, too. So, yeah, this is a defense that is really coming together at the absolute right time. Well, and they're doing it with, you know, Eddie Jackson, who I wrote about a couple weeks ago for FanRag. He has been in the right place in the right time. It doesn't seem like a fluke with the players on this defense. They brought in a couple corners in Prince of Mukamara and Marcus Cooper who, you know, they're not world beaters. They're, this is not Richard Sherman that they brought in, but there's a benefit to having legitimate NFL starters on the outside of corner, and it seems to make everyone else better. To what can you attribute Akeem Hicks, though? Because he went from a guy who, you know, he's he's been on a couple different teams and this year, I mean, outside of Aaron Donald, is there has there been a better interior defensive lineman in football? I'm not sure that there has been. Yeah, you know, I don't know how much Akeem Hicks has gained national attention for what he's done. Um, although, if the Bears can become more relevant um, in, no, in you know into November and December, I think certainly he will. I mean, he should go to the Pro Bowl. He's got seven sacks already. 
which is a career high. Uh, and, you know, his strength is crazy. I mean, he's so strong. But to be that size, you know, 330 pounds and to be as quick as he is, it is really, really impressive. And, you know, he's actually, it's funny, the last two games, he's been up against backup right guards, which has been a real, you know, opportunity for him to completely overpower um, the guy on the other side of the line. But, you know, I think, you know, in terms of what I attributed to, he's in the right defense for what he can do. Um, you know, he, he, we talked to Sean Payton two weeks ago before the Saints game, and, and Sean Payton acknowledged, you know, they saw that from Akeem Hicks's first year. The defense changed, and, you know, suddenly Hicks didn't work in their system. They traded him to New England, and he was actually kind of productive for New England um, in the second half of that season before coming to Chicago and having a very solid season last year and then, you know, clearly breaking out this year and, and breaking out after he signed – a pretty big contract extension too. He's a, he's a leader in the locker room. He's very well respected. Um, and, and yeah, he just gets off the ball so quickly and, and it's hard for defenders to just get in front of him. Um, and, and the other thing too, that what's, what's happening is Eddie Goldman is getting a lot of one-on-ones and he has been maybe as good as any nose tackle in the NFL and certainly as underrated as any nose tackle in the NFL in terms of what he's been doing against the run. Yeah. I want to, I want to flip sides of the ball here. Because Tariq Cohen early in the season, I mean, there were there were few more fun players to watch in the league. And then the last couple of weeks, he is he has not been as big a part of the offense. He he got 14 attempts against Baltimore. He had that that incredible um, 70 yard catch and run against Carolina that that frankly made Mitch Trubisky's passing numbers look a lot better than they were. But he doesn't seem to be as big a part of this offense as maybe he could be. So, I mean, why is that? Yeah, it's it's an interesting, almost cognitive dissonance in terms of the fact that Dow Loggins, the Bears' offensive coordinator, told us that Tariq Cohen is the best playmaker they have. And then Tariq Cohen was only on the field for less than 30% of the snaps against New Orleans. So I think they're just trying to find ways to get him involved. we got to remember, too, this is someone from came from North Carolina A&T that has to really – get used to the slot. He's playing the slot a fair amount and become a wide receiver and refine his route tree. I mean, this stuff takes time for any rookie, let alone a fourth round rookie who was in the MEAC last year. So I think it's just, you know, he's, he's also returning kicks and punts. There's a lot of his plays in the backfield. So, you know, just trying to find ways to, to make sure he's comfortable in what he's doing and, and, and find ways to get him involved in the offense. And look, when you have a guy like Jordan Howard, you don't need Tariq Cohen to run the ball very much. But when you don't have any receivers, you, you could use a guy like him to throw the ball to. So, you know, I, I'm curious to see how much he's used this week. Uh, Green Bay really uh, kept him uh, in check uh, in week four. Uh, they did a really nice job setting the edge, as most teams have done against him in terms of running the ball. He hasn't really had any positive runs in a couple against Baltimore, but it's been a while since he really had a nice run. It's really been a, a, as a receiver. So I think that's part of it is that they're just they're like, okay, no one – you know, we have to find a way to use him as a receiver, and that, that's taking some time to get in, term, in the playbook and then, of course, get him comfortable playing that role. I want to ask you a, a quick macro question about Chicago. So over the course of the second half, is there a scenario – well, I guess let me ask you this first. Do you, do you think that Ryan Pace's mind is made up about the status for John Fox moving forward? That's a great question, and I think you'd probably get some different answers. Um, 
what I think should be the number one priority for Ryan Pace is what is best for Mitch Trubisky's development? Which head coach and offensive coordinator are best for the future of Mitch Trubisky and the future of the franchise? And if, you know, that answer is John Fox and Dow Loggins, then John Fox and Dow Loggins will be back next year. Um, if it's any, if there's any hesitation, I, I think that John Fox's record, which is currently 12 and 28, um, you know, barring a, you know, miraculous finish that gets them at least a 500, you would think that Ryan Pace would have enough cause to, you know, move on and search for another head coach. Um, you know, this is an organization that does not like making coaching changes. They, they really did not enjoy or take any pleasure in cleaning the house uh, after the 2014 season, something they had to do, but they weren't happy about it. This, this is the organization that desperately wants stability. And, you know, I think John Fox and Dow Loggins, they have eight weeks to prove themselves and to prove themselves to the McCaskies and to Ryan Pace. Um, but in terms of where Ryan Pace's head is at, it all comes down to what he thinks is best for Mitch Trubisky. And I, I think you can make a very fair argument that the best thing for Mitch Trubisky is take a look at what's going on in Los Angeles and what's going on with Sean McVay and Jared Goff and look at Philadelphia with Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz and, and thinking about trying to find that offensive-minded head coach that can be the, guy, the, the right person for the guy who you're going to build your team around. I have a name. Let me, let me, let me throw it at you and I'll see what you say. Matt Nagy, who runs the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Yeah. Tariq Cohen yeah. plays the Tyreek Hill role. Jordan Howard as Kareem Hunt. I mean, I like it. Yeah, I like that too. You know, I think a lot of Chicago fans are very like the idea of Jim Bob Cooter, not just because of the name, um, but because of what he's done <laughs> in Detroit, certainly. Uh, but Matt Nagy is a great one uh, to have on that list. Uh, you want, That Kansas City offense is a lot of fun. Um, and, and they take advantage of what they have around them. Um, and, and you can see some of the, the I, I don't want to demean it by using the word college, but they are some college concepts in what they do. And I think with a guy like Mr. Trubisky, you can have some of those in there. Um, now, you know, it, it's, it's going to be interesting because, you know, if you're Dow Loggins, you might argue, well, look who I have at wide receiver. Like, what do you want me to do? You know, do you want yeah. me to have Mitch Trubisky throwing a Trey McBride and Tanner Gentry and <laughs> Dontrell Inman 20 times a game? Like, what would you guys do if you had Jordan Howard behind, you know, two Pro Bowl, you know, offensive cards? So it's going to be a really interesting evaluation process for Ryan Pace and the McCaskies. But um, Nagy's a great one. I'm going to add him to my mental list that I'm, I'm not putting on paper yet because there's enough to focus on every yeah. week. but. Certainly, there's going to be a lot of really good offensive minds to keep an eye on um, as we get into December and January if we think that the organization's going to make a move. Unfortunately for Don Loggins, in the NFL, uh, fair fair is where is where pies are judged. That is not what the NFL is. So it, it may yeah. not be fair that, that he is out of a job, or, or even John Fox for that matter, um, but uh, that could be where we are. Um, there's, there've been some interesting things coming out of Chicago this week from, um, uh, you know, long time, frankly, bears columnists about, uh, you know, the, the, the bears finally have the better quarterback in the situation. Mitch Trubisky can do to the Packers defense, what Matthew Stafford did, which I mean, it seems like we're not being fair to a young quarterback in this case. And I think both young quarterbacks in this case, uh, with Brett Hundley and Mitch Trubisky, but, 
what are your expectations for for Trubisky in this game specifically? Yeah, well, I think the one thing that's going to be really interesting is the pass rush for Green Bay. So, you know, as you obviously know, only four sacks in the last five games. And Stafford had plenty of time. And Mitch Trubisky has gone down a lot. Uh, he's been sacked on 12% of his dropbacks. And just for some perspective, Indianapolis has the worst sack percentage um, in the league at, I think, 125 so if you you know extrapolate Mitch Trubisky, you could you could argue that the bear you know he's you know getting sacked the second most amount of times in the league. So you know if th- this might be the perfect opportunity either for a Green Bay to find its pass rush, or b for Mitch Trubisky to finally have some time uh, to make some plays now, or, or have better opportunities to extend plays if Green Bay doesn't collapse the pocket. So that's going to be key for him. Um, I think getting, you know, can Dontrell Inman be the guy that, you know, is someone that could get open on the outside? I mean, the Bears just don't What, what a thing to say. That. I know. I mean, this is a guy who went from a healthy scratch for the Chargers to maybe being the number one outside receiver for this Bears team. It, it's wild, but that's where they're at right now. So they need someone to get open for him, uh, for Trubisky. Um, I wrote last week about how his completion percentage in the first half is historically low. You know, one of the lowest ever, or at least in the last 15 years, for a, a quarterback in his first four games. And there's a lot of reasons for it that don't have a lot to do with Mr. Trubisky. But I think the hope is that, you know, the way the Packers have been playing it, there's going to be some opportunities for guys to get open. Um, and there's going to be some time for him to throw. Uh, and that's going to allow him to maybe make some plays. I mean, he should be able to make big plays. It's why he drafted number two. And I think, you know, this isn't going to be a high-scoring game, so it's not like they might not need him to throw it 30, 40 times a game, but there may be more opportunities for him to do so. Yeah, according to Football Outsiders, uh, Chicago, um, or excuse me, the Packers are uh, 20th in adjusted sack rate. So uh, not exactly... A, a top end pass rush, but you know we'll see where the rubber meets the road in terms of you know where strength and deficiencies meet. I think it's going to also be interesting to see how the Packers decide to attack Trubisky. If they if they can't get a pass rush, do they take the sort of New England Patriots approach and say, okay, we're going to rush four, drop seven, which is how a lot of teams handle young quarterbacks, and say we're gonna we're gonna make you read coverage against us and and hope that you throw us the ball one or two times and and lose the game. So I, I think you're right. This is a this is gonna be a low scoring game. Do you have a prediction? I'm gonna put you on the spot. Final score, how, what's your feel for the game here? Ooh yeah I haven't made a prediction yet, but I'd be happy to to debut it on on the, the Lockdown Packers podcast. I appreciate um, that. Yeah so you know that five and a half number is big to me. I know the Packers looked really bad the last two weeks with Hundley, but that's a big number yeah. against a team that's three and five. And as I mentioned, 12 and 28 in the last three seasons and a team that the Packers, at least the defensive players should have a very, should have a, at least a mental edge over the Bears. Right. So, you know, I'm going to pick the Bears to win, but I'm not going to pick them to cover uh, I kind of like goofy scores, so you know maybe like a like sixteen to twelve, you know something like that. <laughs> a lot um, of field goals. I'm gonna, yeah. Now that that's gonna be an interesting part of the game because Connor Barth is struggling this year, um, and I, I don't know wind wise what it'll be like at Soldier Field, but it's gonna be cold. 
on Sunday, at least in the high 30s, low 40s. So we'll see how that impacts it. But, yeah, I, I see it going under the 38. I see the Packers covering, uh, but I see the Bears winning a low-scoring game. I should point out to um, Peter that last year the Bears beat the Vikings on Monday night, had everyone back and healthy, had a bye week. They were going into Tampa as a road favorite and had their worst game of the season and got completely trashed. I think they lost 36-10. to 10. Um, Now, granted, one of the reasons they lost so badly was Jay Cutler had, was a turnover machine that day, mm-hmm. and the hope is that they have finally gotten rid of any turnover machines with Mitch Trubisky. Um, but, you know, so that, that's why it's hard to be like, oh, the Bears coming off a bye, they're feeling good, they're getting the Packers at the right time. I can't help but think about that Tampa Bay game last year, <laughs> so I'm not going to run away with it, but I'll, I'll, I will give the Bears the nod for a close victory um, just because I, I struggle to see how the Packers are really going to get going unless Brett Hundley can you know really find a way to get Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb involved. I have said that I think this game is – I think the Packers cover. I think you're right. I think the game is 17-14, and I haven't decided who has 17 yet. Okay. That's where I am. And, and and I'll probably make a prediction in the next couple of days. And and I, but I appreciate you hedging far less than I just did. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I I I'll, I just said I'll probably change the score when I post it. But I I will go with the Bears win and the Packers cover. I will. The Bears have been pretty good against the spread this year. I think they are uh, six and two uh, against the number this year. Uh, and I want to hmm. say four and zero. Oh, uh, against number and Mitch's four starts too, um, but this is the first time they have been favored the entire season. Wow! Uh, so and, and the actually, first time they've been the, favored since two thousand eight, I think, against the yep, Packers. against the Packers, and the biggest number they've had against the Packers since two thousand five. Wow! So yeah, this it, it's a really weird to talk about a Bears Packers game through these lens. Um, Packers won four happened. games in two thousand five, for the record. Yeah, that's just what happens when Rodgers is out of the lineup. You know, you, I, I wrote today, you, you went from Favre versus, you know, whoever the Bears threw out there to, you know, the Rodgers versus Cutler games, and now you have Trubisky versus Hundley. It's just it's just an odd it's, – it's a very odd Packers week uh, here in Chicago. If anyone wants to know why ratings are down in the NFL, Hundley Trubisky <laughs> is, is one of the reasons. Kevin, yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks for joining the show. I appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you again. This Thursday edition of Locked on Packers is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookie.ag. I want to thank Kevin again for joining Locked on Packers. Some great insight there. Remember, subscribe to The Athletic Chicago if you're a Chicago sports fan. Although, if you're a Chicago sports fan, I'm not exactly sure why you're listening to the show. But there could be some Chicago sports fans who are also Packers fans. We, we accept that. We don't want to. We don't want to make you feel isolated because that's what you have. You have likely grown up into. That's fine. Greg Jennings is going to be on the show tomorrow. I'll have a little bit of a scouting report ahead of that interview, so that we still get that element of the show in. I know the schedule has has compressed things for us this week because of the Monday game. We're we're basically a show short, and I still wanted to get you the insight from a Chicago perspective. And the Greg Jennings interview was just, it was too good an opportunity to pack, pass up. In a perfect world, we would have had time for a, uh, a scouting report show too, but we've already done that show. 
This team is not materially different from the one the Packers beat on Thursday a couple weeks ago. It's just that Mitch Trubisky is the quarterback. Defense is mostly the same. The offense is pretty similar, just a different quarterback. So we've still got some good content coming for you this week, and we'll be back on Monday to talk about Packers-Bears, if the Packers were able to stay in the playoff race, or if they get embarrassed again, which let's all hope they don't. that doesn't happen. To get all that content and a lot more, you need to stay locked on Packers. for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.